Hi there, I'm Betsy Jewell, and I'm the host of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. This week, I'm joined by my partner in crime and expert Gen Z career guide, Jay Dusold. If you're a regular listener, you probably know that Jay's been on the show multiple times in the past. There's a reason for that. Not only is Jay my co-host in our Life After 12th Facebook group, he's also one of the most passionate and committed people I know when it comes to helping young people find their way to a career they'll love. Jay always brings a ton of value to my audience, and today's episode is no exception. Our big focus today is helping our teens and young adults know before they go because it's critically important when trying to identify a career that fits. Also during our conversation, Jay offers super helpful advice for parents on how to get their kids started. And he shares the difference between the two sides of the exploration coin when choosing a career. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to get the inside scoop from Jay about his brand new LA12 Learning Collective Deep Dive Career Research Bootcamp. There's a lot to talk about here, so let's get started. Hey, Jay, welcome back to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Hey, Betsy, it is uh, so good to be back. I'm really looking forward to chatting today and uh, connecting with your audience. Well, yeah, you're becoming a regular fixture around here. I'm I'm super glad for it. Yeah, me too. So let's talk today about, as you call it, the know before you go factor. Yes, yes. How to ensure that our teens and young adults know where they're going and what they're going to be doing before they actually make that decision. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's super important for sure. (laughs) So you and I know the statistics about, you know, kids who are dropping out of school. Mm -hmm. I hate to use the word dropout, but kids who are leaving school, kids who are struggling in college, changing their major one, two, six times. Mm-hmm. Um, those who are graduating with degrees that they're not using or that they're using and not really feeling it. Um, so can you talk about that? I mean, I know I have, I just had a conversation with a parent friend this morning mm-hmm. about her daughter who's ready to, to grad. She's got one more year in high school and she's ready to start applying to colleges and she just doesn't know where to apply she hasn't narrowed down her choice of of career. So, right. What do you, what do you tell parents like us, Jay? Help. Help. Ah. Uh, well, first of all, I always let parents know there is help and hope. That's first and foremost. We have to become hopeful about the future. Know that this is something that we could absolutely address and deal with. So, if you're listening today, please know there's hope for you. <laughs> um, so. It's really important to think about the no before you go as a two-sided coin. So there's two sides to this no concept. The the first side is your child really knowing themselves, understanding how they're wired in the areas that actually matter when it comes to career direction and career guidance. And the other side of that no coin is to really know the career of interest really well and thoroughly. And so when we have a scenario where a young person really understands their wiring, knows themselves in the areas that count, and they also know the career of interest really well, 
uh, we're actually able then to move forward with some confidence because we have that no ability factor on both sides. And then we can analyze that, take a look at that and see the degree of fit between who our child is and what this position is all about. Okay. So we talk a lot about that in the LA 12 Facebook group. Mm -hmm. I've talked, I've interviewed you on the podcast about that. Yet it seems like young people are still struggling, right? Even with the help that their parents want to give them. And we, I know all too well, my teens don't want my help. Uh Um, (laughs) So how can parents get started in helping their kids? Okay. So I think it would help to uh, take each side of that coin, you know, separately. So the first, the first part of that knowability factor of knowing oneself, uh, I think it's super important for parents, first of all, ju- just to have a mindset shift where, where they become convinced that their child has this inner wiring, this inner design that actually is significant in career direction and in sensing fits for the future, right? So, so just becoming convinced that there's this internal code, this internal wiring that's really worth getting at because it does hold answers as far as direction is concerned. Um, I refer to it as a map, and that's kind of why I named the coaching journey uh, Map in Me because this, this wiring, this internal design actually is there and can serve as a map, an accurate, trustworthy guide into the future as far as careers are concerned. So so I think that's the first step a parent can take is just become convinced. My child has this internal wiring that's really worth getting to know because it holds the answers to guide them into the kinds of careers that would actually give them success, motivation, and satisfaction because it aligns with their design. All right, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Go for it. Because you know, I'm, I call myself a, a hole poker. I like to uh-huh. poke holes. Yes. So I often hear from parents, you can't possibly know as a teenager what you're going to be good at and what career you're going to choose. Yes, I hear that as well. Uh, and and it, it's it's a legitimate concern because first and foremost, our culture says that you can't know, right? So, so that's a that's a very uh, dominant message that we hear from the culture at large, right? You really can't know, so don't bother trying. The best shot that you have is just sort of pick something you think you're interested in and just go forward with a trial and error approach, right? That's that's super common. And so, I understand why parents, you know, could hear this alternative approach to say. No, you could actually know. Your child can really know pretty pretty significantly. And I can understand the skepticism completely. I get that. And, and to that, I would just respond to say, most of us in our culture acknowledge that humans are more than just the visible parts that we can see, right? Humans have an inner essence. We love to get at this through things like the 16 personalities, Myers-Briggs, DISC profile, Enneagram, right? So we definitely give credibility to the idea that there is an inner essence of a person that makes them who they are just as much as their external features, right? So I think we all kind of, uh, we can agree to that. Uh, All I'm suggesting is that 
there are parts of that wiring that are already in your child. It's been there. It's been operating since birth. It's like uh, it's like a computer operating system, right? You can't see it, but it is running in the background. And so our children have you know aspects of their wiring that have been in them since birth, running in the background, actually shaping what they choose to do and even how they go about doing things. And so if we can tap into that design, that wiring, and see aspects of it that directly relate to career guidance in the future, then we can actually work with those findings for actual direction and guidance. Okay. So let's say my my child is early teens. Let's say maybe not even a teenager, 11 and 12, and really likes to build with Legos. I always use the Lego it's a good example. Yeah, well, and because my kid used to love to build Legos. So, mm-hmm. you know, we would watch him and be amazed at how fast he could put them together and how it just came naturally to him. Mm-hmm. So as a parent, we often fall into that. You're really good at building Legos. You should be an engineer right. or you should be an architect. Yeah. Why isn't that evidence for how our kids are wired? I actually think it is. However, it's only part of the evidence. And so that's actually a fantastic way of getting at our child's wiring is by looking at actual behavior. Because re- remember I said that this wiring, you know, their design is like a computer operating system. It's running in the background, right? So when we sit down to our computer, we never see the actual system, right? The operating system, it's code and all kinds of stuff. We have, we have a, a graphical user interface, right? Programs, a screen comes up and it has a look to it. And that, that allows us to interact with the operating system, but we really don't see the operating system. And the same thing is true with our child's wiring. It's there, it's running, it's part of them. Um, we don't see the actual system, but what we see is expressions of that wiring coming out. And when our children have the opportunity to choose activities and they do things that they really enjoy doing that they're pretty good at, we're actually seeing expressions of their wiring in action, which is really exciting. So um, the observable behavior, especially when it's consistent, uh, that actually gives us clues to what their pattern, their wiring actually looks like. Okay. But it's not complete, right? It's a piece of it. Correct. Yeah. There's a lot more to it. Yep. There's usually a lot more to it. So I think part of what I've seen happen, and it's funny that you're saying that because, um, uh, you know, I don't know if your listening audience knows, but I do work with adult clients, older clients. I don't market it. I don't promote it. I don't invest in it because my heart and my passion, as you know, Betsy, are young people, Gen Zers, you know, teenagers and young 20 somethings. But when I started my coaching work, I had so many parents say something like, oh, my gosh, I'm still lost. I still am miserable or whatever, you know, and so I started working with them. So I had a client. I'll call him Bob. Uh, Bob was in his uh, mid-20s, mid to late 20s. He completed his engineering degree, got into a very coveted position uh, at a, um, a manufacturing company that had contracts with military and um you know, got into a very coveted position and program and was miserable. I mean, literally, Betsy, Bob would be, he would would have visible symptoms of depression every Sunday 
as he dreaded Monday morning. And uh, as I started to work with him, one of the things I learned about Bob's story that was was so indicative of the typical path young people take as far as career direction is concerned was that growing up, uh, he was great at tinkering with stuff, right? He was a tinkerer. So he'd be in the garage, taking stuff apart, learning how things work, tinkering, putting stuff together and, you know, building things, making little contraptions and, uh, and double whammy. He was also good at math. So of course, if someone's a good tinkerer, right? And they're good at math, their destination is a given, which is engineering. Right. Okay. So to your point, you know, he, he was encouraged this to go down this route by so many people around him and he did. But when he got into the position, there was so much more involved in that position that didn't align with his wiring that it became unbearable to continue on. And that's when he reached out for help. So yeah, the, the Lego building, you know, it can show us evidence of a certain ability or maybe even a subject uh, but there's much more to consider when we're thinking about alignment and a career worth pursuing as far as fit is concerned. Yeah. And Bob's story kind of flips the coin to the other side, right? Yeah. Bob sort of knew how he was wired and what he was good at, but didn't look into the actual position and was miserable. And that's the other part of know before you go, right? Yeah, and that, that's a great point. So so I would say with Bob's story, he he didn't know enough about himself, first of all. So he did have some understanding of that side of his knowability factor himself. He did understand some things. He didn't know other things that were equally important to know. But then certainly when it came to the position, he had even less knowledge of the full breadth of what it actually entailed. So, so yeah, that's a good example where, where he just did not have the knowledge of that position he was stepping into. Right. Okay. So let's talk about that because that's the other side of the coin. Sure. So my teenager comes to me and says, I think it would be really cool to be a veterinarian. We use this example a lot, but it's a great example because, mm-hmm. you know, I love kittens. I love dogs. I love animals. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about chemistry? Oh, I hate chemistry. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, so, so that that's a great example where the um, the young person has an attraction to a subject. All right. So, animals is a subject, and and that could be super valid. That that could actually be reflecting some of their wiring, you know, some of the subjects that they are really designed to love and to have deep interest in, to be motivated for, to have passion for, right? So so that could be a legitimate evidence, a legitimate expression of their wiring. The, the problem is that making a decision about a career to say, well, that's the career I want, based only on one little piece, right? So, so it's, it's like one little piece of only one category. So we're talking about like a sliver, a teeny sliver <laughs> of the full awareness of this position. They're making a decision on that. And that's really where they get into a lot of trouble because they'll start down a plan for preparation. They'll go to college. They'll get very deep. Betsy, I've been so shocked and how deep long into a preparation path young people get, sometimes even completing it, to then get into the position and start realizing 
these other elements that don't fit them, that they're horrified at, and sadly, sadly, could have easily been discerned if they would have done some research and exploration about the position before they said, this is the one I want, and started a preparation path for it. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. And there's so many external factors that are driving their decision, right? It's, you know, they've seen it on TV and it looks glamorous and exciting. Their friend's mother does it and she really likes it. So it's got to be good. Or, you know, or I really want to go to that school. And oh, by the way, that school happens to have that major. Absolutely. So um, it's, while they may be valid or feel like valid reasons mm-hmm. for the choice, it's, to your point, it's not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, it, it it usually doesn't. Honestly, now mm-hmm. you know we, you and I are both very big advocates for college. Mm-hmm. As long as college is the best preparation path for a verifiable career fit, right? So right. now there there are many different views on why, why young people go to college, um, and, and I believe, and I think we we share the opinion that college should serve the preparation phase. College should be either required by the gatekeeper into that position, or it should truly be the best, most advantageous way to gain career readiness. And for some positions, college is the best route. Um, so, So I think we share that value that a college experience should serve the end game of a verifiable career fit, right? Yeah, but I think a lot of people do exactly the opposite of what we're talking about. College is the destination to them, not a step on the journey, right? I, the, the destination is the career, ultimately, whatever that might be. And I say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again. Just because it's the next career doesn't mean it's the forever career. Because right. I think it's as a 16, 17, 18-year-old, nobody wants to commit to a 20-year career, you don't have to right? Sure. just commit to what's next. And college may be the step that gets you there, but it may not be. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think, I think there are also, um, you know, e- even if there are parents that don't think college is the end, but, but they would see the college experience as having other objectives, you know, besides preparing for a career, like gaining career readiness. And some of those things could be things like, I just want my child to be on their own and learn how to become an adult. Um, I want my child to have a good so- socialization experience. I want my child to expand their network. Um, and you know what? Those are all fantastic objectives. Like those can often be served by an away college experience. So if parents are knowingly saying, this is my goal for my child's college experience, it's it doesn't have to result in preparation for a specific career position. And if they go to college and never use their earned degree in a career position, that's okay because there are other objectives to go. 
And I say, as long as parents go into that with their eyes open and are aware of that, that's fine. And if they have the the money, you know, to, to use without having, you know, a career readiness product at the end, so to speak, that, then by all means, it, it, it's, it is a great experience for young people. I get concerned when parents put their hope and believe that my kid going to college is going to wind up getting them truly prepared and into this career. And for most young people, 73%, that does not happen. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. There are lots of benefits to going to college. I feel like I have to keep saying that because I think people are starting to treat me like that person who's against college, right. but I'm not, I'm not. It. It's just a very expensive experiment. Right. And, and to your point, if you have the money and the means to send your, your kid to college without the hope that it's going to evolve into their career path, mm-hmm. I guess more power to you, but I, I, it literally breaks my heart when I talk to people and hear about the amount of student loan debt that kids are paralyzed by and have to take a job that they don't want to take because they have to pay back their student loans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and this kids are under enough stress and pressure in college and after they don't need that hanging over their head. And you know, I might get some hate mail or whatever on this, but. I just think as parents, it's our responsibility to do whatever we can to ensure that our kids make the best decision possible. Right. Will there be mistakes made? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sure. There's no such thing as perfect and we're all human, mm-hmm. but why not? Why? You're going to spend $20,000, $50,000, dollars on college. Why not take the time and put some resources behind figuring out why or where they're going mm-hmm. before actually going? Yeah, and and I I would just add to that and say that, you know, I think a, a number of parents that I work with, they truly do believe that they're doing the best thing for their kids. Sure. And the challenge is that our culture has told generations of parents that college is always the best route. When in doubt, go to college. Years ago, that was fantastic advice. Years ago, degree earners always had security. They were sought after. They had a better chance at higher ability, and they were likely going to have higher income levels and overall be more successful, so to speak. Um, That is not true anymore, but parents haven't updated their paradigm. They haven't updated the reservoir from which they draw their advice to give to their kids. And so they're still operating on this broken, antiquated paradigm that says students are always better off going to college. So they don't have to know before they go, just go, figure it out while you're there. You'll end up with a degree anyway, which is always more valuable than not having a degree. That simply is not true anymore. So parents believe, I, I, I work with a majority are just well-intentioned parents that want the best for their kids. They just are operating on bad advice. And the culture keeps pushing all this garbage, right? And I, I've had you know, people say to me, like, you get hate mail. I, sometimes I get you know, comments and things and you know, people are like, well, 
you know, how, how can you say that? Like everyone suggests this. Can your, you know, solo voice crying in the wilderness, can it possibly be right <laughs> against a myriad of people who are saying this? And, and it's funny because a, a, a few years ago, I came across this analogy that I was like, you know, because I, I started asking myself, am I crazy? You know, am I, am I, can I be right when so many people are wrong? And so the, the, my son, who's into the medical field, we were talking about uh, ancient like medical practices, right? And, and there is actually a museum close by our house that houses all of this history of like medicine and tools and really fascinating stuff. And then I read an NPR or I listened to an NPR podcast and they talked about how not too long ago, Betsy, the, uh, the kind of standard protocol amongst physicians was to actually prescribe the ingestion of mercury. Right. Okay. This, this was across the boards. Like any doctor would say, oh, you have this ongoing um, stomach ailment. They would write out prescriptions for ingesting mercury. Right. Yeah. And everyone did it. They would pack wounds with it. They would, I mean, this was a normal standard practice. Now we know someone came along and said, well, wait a minute time out, right? Data, more information came on the scene. Facts came into the picture. And they said, oh no, this is actually toxic. And everyone in the industry was saying these things, but actually they were wrong all along. So, uh, you know, yes, am I saying that, that this is really broken even though everyone just keeps suggesting it as far as career guidance in college? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's broken. It's not true, and there are better ways. And I know that I'm a solo voice crying in the well. Now I have two because you know we're a team now in this message, uh, and we're we're trying to start a movement. We're trying to see other parents catch on to this and say we're not going to be misled by the, the the cultural constructs and the narratives that have forced our kids into a path that they don't belong on. And there's a lot of this conversation going on. At higher levels, when I say higher levels, at you know corporate levels in higher education, colleges are pivoting. I just I've been posting articles like crazy on my high school hamster wheel Facebook page about schools that are now liberal new not new liberal arts schools mm -hmm. are adding a, a credential or a certificate along with the bachelor's that you get. So not only do you get your bachelor's degree, but you get a certificate with it that is skill-based for whatever career it is. Yeah, yeah really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Google, Amazon, right. Microsoft, right. they're all themselves. They're saying, you know what? We know what we need. We know the skills we need. We're going to develop our own certificate programs. And they're doing it. Yep, like This too. is not Betsy and Jay ruling the world saying, let's all make it this way. It's happening. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's And we're communicating it. But mm -hmm. I think people either don't want to hear it or aren't listening it's coming, I think, whether we like it or not. And I think we just have to be open to it. To your point, it is a mind mindset shift. Yes. It's and that way. Yep. We have to get on board. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. you and I on our soapbox, we could do this all day. Yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about solutions. We've clearly stated the problem. Sure. Um, and you have a pretty cool solution coming up soon. Yeah. I'm super to excited. help teens, you know know before they go. Yes. So why don't you talk about it? 
Yeah. Well, you know, when you just said no before you go and, and with that like really like edgy voice and tone, I mean, it made me think I would love, we should get a shirt made up like no before you go. So I don't know if anyone out in your listening audience like does graphic tees, but that would be fun if we could hear from you, connect with us and like, let's get a no before you go campaign going. I don't know. What do you think? I love it. Yeah. I'm in. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, I, I mean, I, I know some of the people in your audience and these are, you know, parents who are sharp and thinking and they're a little more progressive in how they're understanding all this. And I love your audience. That's why I love coming on the show. So maybe we have someone out there in the high school hamster wheel podcast land who uh, can, can help us with t-shirts. Like uh, I love it. Get in touch with Betsy and we'll, we'll make it happen. So yes, please. Yes. Yeah, so so um, the, again, looking at the two sides of this no ability factor, the two sides of the coin, the, the kind of know yourself, I, I deal with that in a lot of my, my coaching work. Um, so I don't want to spend a whole lot of time there, but I do want to talk about the flip side, which is really knowing the position, the career position, so that a, a young person can minimize regretful surprises, right? Like the, these OMG moments when they're like, oh, being a veterinarian involves like surgery on animals. Oh my God, I hate, I would never do that. Right. So we, we want to, we want to eliminate all those like super regretful discoveries, <laughs> eliminate those by doing excellent, thorough career exploration and research beforehand. And so I was talking to parents in our LA 12 Facebook group a couple of months ago, and I originally had this idea to create to kind of extract some of the researching part of my one-on-one coaching and to just like make it a separate experience because maybe some young people would never be interested in, in the coaching, but man, I just saw a great benefit at, at least help them really know what they're getting into, right? And so that's kind of what I was working on. And I polled parents in our group. I had some ideas of how to construct this and how to go forward and man, parents gave us such good feedback. Like it was so helpful. And I actually listened to it and I shifted everything that I was developing based on what they were sharing with me. And I'm so thankful for, for their input. So, so this is an experience. It's called Deep Dive. And it's basically a short-term small group where I work directly with high school students or young 20-somethings. And we go on a 14-day journey together. It's like a boot camp. <laughs> and, and we basically take a career of interest, something they're already interested in, and I walk them through a proven strategic guided process of doing thorough career exploration and research so they can really get to know the most important aspects of a career position that they should really learn beforehand. And so... I've been working on this for the last couple of months. We just launched it uh, last, I don't know, what was it, two, Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, somewhere early next week. Uh, last week, I think we, we launched it. Um, so the landing page is there, the information is there, and registration is open. So we're, we're starting to uh, get students who are interested in learning how to do this career research and exploration so that they can be super informed on this side of the, the no before you go coin. That sounds amazing and a great opportunity to get introduced to Jay and the incredible work that he does. For for parents out there who are like, eh, I just don't know if this is a good fit for my teen yeah. or my young adult, can you kind of talk about who it might work for and who it might not work for? And Sure. 
Yeah. So, so, so it's really, I mean, for any, I mean, you know, I typically work with high school students, but you know, if you have a younger child who, who would be interested and maybe they already have a career of interest in mind and they, you know, like the idea of career stuff, future career stuff is even on their radar. Um, it could be ideal for them. So it's, it's, if someone doesn't have a career of interest in mind, even if it's just something they think they might like, they'll need to have a solid career position, at least in mind, in order to go through the 14-day learning collective, because we are literally working through the process. Like they will actually do work to, to research this position and explore it further. So it's not necessarily the one that's saying, hey, I'm definitely going to do this, but they should have some position of interest in mind. Um, so, so it's really for, you know, a young person, a teenager, young 20 something who wants to learn how to research positions when they become interested in them so that there's no regretful surprises. Yeah. And what's really cool about that is you're going to take them through that process step by step. Yep broken down into small digestible chunks and they're going to get through it. And what's even better about that is if six months from now they go, you know what, this other career op opportunity sounds pretty cool to me. They can just go right back through that process again. Right. So it is a, I've used this phrase before, but it's like a teach, teach a man to fish opportunity because they'll learn how to use that tool or that process really for the rest of their life. Yeah, that's exactly right, Betsy. And it's in the format that it's in because I believe more than ever, our kids are just so bombarded with information, right? We don't have a lack of information today. We have a lack of application. And so, you know, I didn't make this phrase, but I've adopted it and I love it. You know, Gen Zers don't need a sage on the stage. They need a guide on the side. They don't need someone or, you know, sources that just give them more information. They need someone that will walk with them and help them apply and implement. And so, you know, one of the things that our, our parents in LA 12 helped me to understand was, you know, I really want my child to be with someone who could actually help them do something uh, built in accountability, built in nurturing, built in encouragement, built in coaching and guidance, not just a digital course that they could pay for and then never, ever work through and never use. And, you know, my wiring, <laughs> talk about wiring, my wiring is exactly that. That's why I do the coaching work I do. You know, I love taking the potential of a young person and cultivating it and developing it, helping them, guiding them, speaking into their lives to encourage them to really bolster their confidence in moving forward. And so, that's why I designed it like a boot camp. We start as a small group. Uh, it's called a learning collective because there's community built in. There's learning. There's application. There's direct coaching. There is help and encouragement and involvement from the other participants. So we're truly a collective moving down a journey together and learning. And so that's why we made it the format that we did to ensure that a young person will actually work through the steps and have all the help and support and encouragement they need in the journey to, to move toward that. I think this is a fantastic opportunity, especially for career confused teens. And boy, are there a lot of them right now. Yep. I mean, 
even before COVID, but especially now, thanks to COVID, yeah. their worlds are kind of upside down and they're feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just a, a great opportunity. It's the LA 12 Learning Collective. This is called Deep Dive. And the URL for those who are listening is mapinme, M-A-P-I-N-M-E dot com slash deep dive. I will put that link in the show notes. Um, I'll have it on my my Facebook page. And you can join our LA 12 group for parents. We would love to have you in there if you're not in there already. And you'll be able to get to know Jay even more. I mean, the more I work with him and partner with him and have him on the podcast, the more I am sure that his heart is in the right place and that he is a true asset for, for families with teens and young adults. So thanks for being here again, Jay. I always appreciate it. Yeah, this was fantastic, Betsy. I love sharing these things with your audience and uh, just, just hope it could add some help and value as they try to navigate life after 12 with their kids. Well, that was a lot of learning packed into one little episode. One of the things I love about having Jay on the podcast is that he always finds a way to provide helpful and actionable tips every single time he's here. Career exploration isn't happening within our schools. And if it is happening where you are, well, you're lucky and that's fantastic, but I doubt it goes into much detail. It's just not a priority in our high schools these days. I couldn't agree more with Jay in that we, our society, needs a major shift in mindset. Gone are the days when a college degree was the only way to success. That way of thinking is outdated and frankly makes no sense. Which is all the more reason why as parents, we need to help our kids explore careers before they make a decision about their path after high school. Jay and I talk a lot about career exploration in our Life After 12th Facebook group. I hope you'll consider joining us there as we continue this conversation. We would love to hear from you. Tell us how it's going with your teen. Tell us what you're doing at home to help them explore career paths as they plan their future. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. All links and references mentioned during this episode can be found on the show notes page at highschoolhamsterwheel.com. The High School Hamster Wheel Podcast is a proud partner of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Guilty Greeny. I feel like we should start off this show by saying it's nearly impossible to be 100% sustainable given the current world we live in. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Not a great analogy for a vegetarian, but you know. We're talking uh, about sustainability, maybe not the best analogy. Don't eat the elephant is the first rule of the Guilty Greeny. There's your first challenge of the week. Avoid (laughs) elephants. What they used to call frugal is now considered sustainable. It's such an aha moment. Frugal to sustainable. You can save money and help the planet. That's going to be our new tagline for sure. You can find Guilty Greenie on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you prefer. And join us in tackling the Guilty Greenie challenges. Until then, stay curiously green. Green.